Welcome to the video broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Donleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Please sit back and enjoy this message already in progress. Did anybody say Happy Mother's Day? Did anybody say Happy Mother's Day? Can we give the mamas and the grandmamas, the me mamas, the mamas, a, a, a hand clap of praise for, for, for Mother's Day? Whether your mother is living or whether your mother has transitioned, whether your mother was a mother of the womb or just mother of the love, can we give them a hand clap of praise? Amen. 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 Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. You see, beloved, not a single one of us would be able to receive this message right now if we had not had a mother. Amen. Now, beloved, one of my church mothers transitioned and waiting for me on the other side of glory, Mother Evelyn Walthall, used to say about children, First, they are on your laps, and then they are forever on your hearts. Beloved, we needed our mother's womb to prepare us to come into this world. Amen. Beloved, we needed our mother's arms to hold us when we came into this world. Amen. Beloved, we needed our mother's laps to comfort us when the world became difficult to navigate. Amen. And beloved, we needed our mother's hearts to help us to become who our mothers believed we could be when they carried us in their womb when they held us in their arms, and when they comforted us on their laps. Amen. And beloved, because of how God works in our lives, sometimes the mother of our birth is not always the mother who will carry us through all the other times and seasons of our lives. Amen. So beloved, again to all mothers, those of our birth and those of our lives, I say to you, Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Beloved, the title of today's Mother's Day message is, Mama Believed in Me. Mama Believed in Me. Beloved, it is not Christmas time, but I think it is always a good time to think about our Savior and our Lord, Jesus the Christ, and his birth, his birth because of his mother, Mary. You see, while we like to celebrate a Merry Christmas, we should also recognize that it was also Mary's Christmas. For in her womb, she carried the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior, and the Lord of this world. Amen. You see, beloved, when Jesus was born, Mary was happy and Mary was blessed. One of the passages of this miraculous and marvelous time in the world's history comes from the account of Jesus' birth found in the gospel according to Luke. You see, after Jesus was born, God directed others to come and see him. Some of those who came were the shepherds, as explained in Luke 2, 15 and 16. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Beloved, I want to qualify and clear some things up. Beloved, Jesus was real. Beloved, Jesus is real. And beloved, Jesus will forever be real. Amen. And beloved, like all of us, Jesus started life here on earth as a baby. And Jesus had his own version of a reveal party. But his reveal was not his gender. It was his divinity as the only begotten Son of God. And when he was revealed, those who had been waiting for the Messiah to come had to tell somebody about it. 
The shepherds had to tell somebody about it, as revealed in Luke 2 and 17. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. It's kind of like, beloved, at Christmas time when we like to sing Jesus. Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful child. Jesus. Jesus. So holy, meek, and mild. New life, new hope to all he brings. Just listen. To the angels sing, they sing glory, glory, glory to the newborn king. Beloved, nobody likely sang like that when you were born. But I do believe that when you were laid in your mother's arms for the first time, she saw a blessing from God that was wonderful, holy meek, mild, full of hope and expectation for what the future might bring. And your mother and family likely wanted everybody to know about the special wrinkle in the narrative of time that you represented when God brought you into this world. You see, as a shepherd shared broadly, Luke 2 and 18 tells us, and all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Beloved, every single baby born is special. But, beloved, there was something about Jesus. Beloved, for your mother, she can respectfully agree that every baby is special. But there's something about her baby, about her child, about you. Amen. For every child does not come from the same womb or from the same mother. And therefore, the relationship between mother and child is incredibly unique and incredibly special. For Mary, in this moment of great celebration, she did not allow herself to become overly excited or emotional. For Luke 2 and 19 reveals, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary held these things in her heart, the place where God looked to see what everyone is really all about. I mean, I know we like to dress it up and we can walk it out and we can talk it out, but God knows what's going on in your heart. And the things she held in her heart would be things that she would revisit and think about over the years as her son Jesus would grow into being a man, a man unlike any other man, our Savior and our Lord, the Messiah, the Christ. All the things, all these things would matter 30 years later. 30 years later. For 30 years later, an event took place that would once again shake history and open up new revelation in this world. It began at a wedding as revealed in John 2, 1 and 2. And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. Now, beloved, when you get invited to a wedding, a marriage is taking place, amen? And because it is a wedding, you expect for it to be something more involved than simply saying, I do, before the justice of the peace. Ain't nothing wrong with that. But when you come to a wedding, you expect for there to be something more. You expect to get dressed up, amen? You expect to experience the music, the decorations, the ceremony, and then the reception. And it's at the reception where everything goes down. It's at the reception where everything is supposed to be fire. It's at the reception where everything is supposed to get lit. It is where people relax, celebrate the newlyweds, enjoy good food, and depending on your choices, some libations, some spirits perhaps some alcoholic beverages, and maybe uh, some wine. Amen. Don't y'all get quiet. Y'all know how y'all do. Don't y'all be getting quiet up in here on me. 
And at this wedding feast at Cana, all of this was happening. And then something else happened, as explained in John 2 and 3. And when they wanted wine, more wine, because for some of y'all, one glass ain't enough. The mother of Jesus saith unto him, they have no wine. They have no wine. What in the world happened? Had they not planned well? How could they have invited all of these people and then run out of wine? How embarrassing. Whenever you invite people over for dinner, you typically make sure that you have enough, more than enough. Whenever you have the beginning of summer, middle of summer, end of summer cookout, you typically make sure that you have enough, more than enough. Whenever you have the marriage and then the reception, you typically make sure that you have enough, more than enough. Why? So they can have enough. More than enough is the obvious answer. But another answer, another sensible answer, another keeping it real answer. Can I keep it real? Can I keep it real? Is that you typically have enough, more than enough, so that they don't talk about you for not having enough. Because they are going to talk about you when you don't have enough. Girl, how was that wedding you went to last weekend down in Galilee, Canaan? Girl, let me tell you, the wedding was on point. The bride was beautiful, the groom was handsome. And that ceremony, that the Reverend Dr. Randall A. King Jr. presided over was phenomenal. Out of this world, done like it should be done and likely never to be done that way again. But girl, let me tell you, we headed to the reception to get our party on. And you would not believe it, girl. They ran out of wine. How in the world were we supposed to get our party on? And they ran out of wine. No, they didn't, girl. Yes, they did. Beloved, in this moment, Mary, the mother of Jesus, saw all of this playing out and wanted to help the newlyweds and their family to avoid any embarrassment because this is not what she wanted them to be remembered for. And beloved, Mary had been pondering some things in her heart since this Jesus, this boy, this man had come into the world through her. And beloved, something inside of Mary made her turn to her son who was also the son of God and call him into action. Because she believed in him, and she believed it was time for him to begin fulfilling some of the things that had been pondering in her heart concerning him since his birth 30 years ago. Beloved, what has your mother called you out to be during some challenge, some struggle, some issue in your life? Has your mother ever turned to you in some health situation and expected you to come through in a way that you had not expected? Has your mother ever turned to you in a wealth situation expected for you to come through in a way that you had not expected? Has your mother ever turned to you in a relationship situation expected for you to come through in a way that you had not expected? Beloved, in the fall of 1989, I had begun my studies at Georgia Tech 
in pursuit of my industrial engineering degree. And like the situation facing Jesus at this wedding feast, it was a problem. I had spent four years of relational comfort, ethnic affirmation, and confidence building at Morehouse College in Georgia Tech was anything but that for me. Morehouse was small, Georgia Tech was large. Morehouse professors knew me by name and Georgia Tech professors knew me by number. Morehouse was basically all black and Georgia Tech was basically anything but black. I did not like it. It was a problem. When Jesus faced the problem of the wine running out at the wedding feast, his mother making him aware of all that was going on, he saw a problem, but it was not his problem, so he told her in John 2 and 4, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. Beloved, Jesus told his mother no and to stay in her place. Now I think, I think, I think, reading between the lines, Something might have been left off. Because when Jesus called his mother Mary woman, I think they meant to add a then she backslapped Jesus. But that part was probably removed, redacted, restated. Because that might not have been a good look for Jesus, our Savior and our Lord, to get backslapped by his mom. I'm just trying to keep it real because I think I know how most mothers would have reacted to such a statement. I know how my mama would have reacted if I called her woman. That, I don't know how y'all grew up, but that's how I grew up. Because, beloved, I think she, Mary, as most any other mother would do, would have said, who are you talking to like that? I am your mother. But beloved, scripture must be for scripture, and this is what scripture says. Beloved, as Jesus told his mother no, I also told my mother about my situation, told her that I was ready to say no to Georgia Tech. I was ready to go back to Morehouse College to finish requirements for my degree and then move on with life. Beloved, if you ever faced situations, circumstances, issues in life, and wanted to just quit, to just say no, and then you had a conversation with your mother. And that conversation turned out to be pivotal in your life because your mother somehow saw the situation, somehow saw the circumstance, somehow saw the issues in your life as situations that could become success, as circumstances that could become celebratory, as issues that could become iconic if you would simply face the situations with expectations of success. Face the circumstances with expectations that one day you would celebrate. And face the issues with expectations that you will one day do something iconic. Beloved, believe it or not, and I encourage you to believe it. Whenever you have faced or facing or will face situations, circumstances, issues in life, your mother is revisiting the child who she gave life to, is revisiting the child who she has raised, and is revisiting the child who she has advised and is pondering in her heart those things that she believed in you that will have success, reasons to celebrate and become iconic. That's what your mama sees in you. Beloved, Jesus was having a conversation with his mother Mary. And she looked past the situation. She looked past the circumstance. She looked past the issue and saw the success. She saw the celebration. 
and the iconic opportunity for her son Jesus as she responded, perhaps after the backslap, perhaps not. In John 2 and 5, his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. Do it. Beloved, Mary looked past Jesus, her earthly son, who could have done nothing. And all that had been in her heart that she'd been storing and pondering in her heart since the time that Jesus had been born was coming to fruition in this moment because her son, Jesus, the only begotten son of God, Jesus, the Savior and Lord of the world, Jesus was about to do his first miracle. You see, beloved, Mary knew her son, and Mary believed in her son. Beloved, when has your mother had to look past you? Please hear me right. The sometimes weak you. The sometimes failing you. The sometimes trifling you. And had to bring into the moment the hopeful you. The hope-filled you. The full of hope you that she carried in her womb the full of hope you that she brought into this world and the full of hope you that she raised to be everything but the sometimes weak you, but the sometimes failing you, and but the sometimes trifling you because she, mama, believed in you, because she, mama, believes in you, and because she, mama, will continue to believe in you. Beloved, in my moment at Georgia Tech, in my liminal season between leaving the comfort of Morehouse College and struggling to thrive at Georgia Tech, my mama had to look past my words of weakness and gave me prophetic words of hope, full hope, filled words full of hope, like Mary spoke words full of hope to Jesus by telling me that she did not know how everything would work out, but that she believed that things would go well for me if I would just get this engineering degree from Georgia Tech, amen. Now, beloved, I gotta put some qualifiers on this, because I, I say words, I don't think you fully understand context. You see, black engineering graduates in this country only account for about four or 5% of all engineering graduates in this country. So a black person getting an engineering degree in this country is close to miraculous. That stuff just don't happen. My mother could not tell me how to do it. She just told me, to do it, to do it because my mama believed in me. Mary did not tell Jesus how to do it. She just knew that he needed to do it because she believed in him. Beloved, your mama was not always on your case because she did not believe in you. No, your mama was simply trying to call out of you what she believed believes and will continue to believe that God planted inside of you when you were planted in her womb, planted in her mind, planted in her heart, and planted in her spirit. Somebody need to clap for their mama right now. So beloved, sometimes mama has to call you because she believes in you. Beloved, after Mary called Jesus, Jesus went to work because his mother believed in him. And Jesus fulfilled the call as revealed in John 2, 6 and 7. And there were set there six water pots of stone, 
After the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three firkins of peace, Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. Beloved, Jesus was fulfilling the call that his mother had on his life. He stopped protesting and started processing and then proceeding and then producing because his mama believed in him. Beloved, your mama is encouraging you, hear me right, even when it sometimes sounds discouraging. Is exhorting you even when it sounds sometimes like complaining. And is rebirthing you even when it sometimes sounds like condemning you. But since there is no condemnation in Christ, if your mother is a Christian mother who actually follows Christ, she is actually convicting you and judging you to be guilty of daring to carry all of her hope in you expectations for you and a legacy of her own birthing that will live on through you because your mama believes in you. And beloved, when you get to the other side of what you have been going through that your mama has been calling you into, then it will be time for the world to see why your mama believed in you, believes in you, and will continue to believe in you. For with Jesus, after completing his task that he undertook because his mother believed in him, he was ready for a coming out party. Like he had experienced with the shepherds being his audience at his birth, as revealed in John 2 and 8. And he saith unto them, draw out now, and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. Beloved, your mother did not birth you for the routine, the mundane, the average. To do it like they've always done it. That's not why your mama birthed you. You see, beloved, you are a living, breathing, walking, talking, miracle in action. You didn't have to be here. But every one of you are. And every child is a miracle. And every mama knows it because mama believes in you. For Jesus, he did something like no one else had ever done it before. Because his mother believed in him, as John 2, 9 and 10 tells us. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine after the miracle, and knew not whence it was, but the service which drew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning yourself for good wine. And when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. Beloved, the leader of the feast called the bridegroom, he didn't call Jesus. You see, beloved, Jesus got no credit from the bridegroom because the bridegroom did not know that Jesus had performed a miracle because his mama believed in him. Everybody ain't gonna know why you do what you do. Beloved, Jesus got no credit from the governor of the feast because the governor of the feast did not know that Jesus had performed a miracle because his mama believed in, in, in him. Everybody's not going to understand why you do what you do. Beloved, none of the other guests gave Jesus any credit because the other guests did not know that Jesus had performed a miracle because his mama believed in him. The world may not ever lift you up the way you want to be lifted up. But beloved, Jesus knew. Beloved, the servants knew. And beloved Mary, his mama, his mama who believed in him knew, knew that he had performed his first miracle because his mama believed in him. Beloved, after my conversation with my mama in the fall of 1989, 
my mama who believed in me. In the spring of 1991, I went on to graduate cum laude from Wiles College. In the top 8% of my class at Georgia Tech, the same Georgia Tech that I wanted to leave until my mother told me that she believed in me. I was admitted to Harvard Business School, was recognized by the Atlanta University Center Dual Degree Engineering Program as the Industrial Engineering Student of the Year, as a top fifth year engineering student of the year, and as the overall AUC Dual Degree Engineering Program Student of the Year, the top award that they gave. <laughs> Beloved, like Jesus, all of this happened for me because my mama believed in me. I couldn't do it on my own. My mama believed in me. It was a good start to my life, although it pales in comparison to the life that Jesus would go on to live, as John 2 and 11 explains. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. Beloved, Jesus was not a one-hit one. <laughs> The end of his ministry that began with his miracle because his mother believed in him was summed up in John 21 and 25. And there were also many other things which Jesus did. The which, if they would be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Beloved, Jesus had done so much because his mother first believed in him. Beloved, I stand before you right now with not one, not two, not three, not four, but with five degrees. Five. Culminating in the Doctor of Ministry degree from what many consider to be the number one Doctor of Ministry program in these United States, Duke Divinity School, with a 3.887 grade point average which will qualify me for the designation of summa cum laude. I know some say thank you, Lordy, but some good a little bit more. If such a distinction were granted. And beloved, I do not say this to you to brag. I don't want you to say he was up there bragging because I'm not. I say this to you to show what can happen when someone believes in you, when somebody believes in you because my mama believed in me. Her belief caused me to do things that I likely would not have done without her belief in me. Beloved, it is Mother's Day. And you are likely here right now because your mother, perhaps many mothers, believe in you. Celebrate your mothers of the womb and life, living or dead, for believing in you. Thank your mothers of the womb and life, living or dead, for believing in you. Honor your mothers of the womb and life, living or dead, for believing in you. And tell your mothers of the womb and life, living or dead, Mama, I celebrate you. Mama, I thank you. And Mama, I honor you because you believed in me. Because Mama, you believe in me. And because Mama, you will continue to believe in me because you are my mama. Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Happy Mother's Day! Amen! Amen! Amen!
Thank you for tuning in to the radio broadcast of Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church with pastor and teacher, Rev. Dr. Randall Kane Jr. It is our prayer that this message inspires you to further your walk with Christ. For more information about Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church, go to our website, zmmbc.net, or call 336-725-7390. We live stream our services on our Facebook page. Just search for Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church page. Zion Memorial Missionary Baptist Church is located at 101 North Dunleith Avenue in Winston-Salem. Be blessed and continue to further your walk with Christ.